Hey everyone. <laughs> Welcome back to the Corporate Catholic Podcast. Wasn't it just a great weekend, Allison? It was such a great weekend. Got an extra hour of sleep last night. True, I needed that. And we also went on a little retreat this weekend. Mm-hmm. So that was fabulous. Yeah. I haven't been to a retreat in a really long time. The food was just, like, unmatched, honestly. When they had ribs at a retreat, I was... The ribs were <laughs> so good. This was a high-class retreat. I will say the only slight letdown was roadie for lunch. Oh, my gosh. If you know, you know, but our office just always caters roadie for lunch. Like, I want to say at least two to three times a week. Yeah. And, like... Minimum. Well, and it's not... Yeah, it's just... It's everywhere, and I, like simply detest roadie and I've never heard of it until I moved to Chicago so if you don't live in Chicago it's like a Mediterranean like Chipotle. kind of like Chipotle for Mediterranean yeah and oh my gosh it's really good th- like it's really good I would disagree I literally don't even like it <laughs> I I mean I really like when I first had it I was like this is incredible but then I had it like three times a week for like several weeks and then I was like all right I need to Take a step back. <laughs> yeah. Well, for me, it's just the falafel's always dry. And we were, like, in the church, and they announced we're having roti for lunch. Allison and I just look at each other, and I'm like – and Allison goes, what did you say? You were like, God has a God sense has of a humor. God has a sense of humor, yeah. <laughs> and then I – we were talking about the Holy Spirit on this retreat, and I was like, if the Holy – I was like, the Holy Spirit is real if this roti – falafel is actually moist and not dry (laughs) like I was like I can't eat it if it's dry I just not today and and it was moist it was was literally the only time I have ever had good falafel from roadie it was was a miracle honestly yeah so great highlight of my week (laughs) good falafel from roadie well okay this week we're talking about calling so the last couple weeks we talked about identity and just, you know, who we are, whose we are, and now we're talking about calling specifically, which I think is a little more tangible to day-to-day work. So when you think about calling, I just feel like there's a lot of pressure. It just feels like there's one call, like someone is going to call your phone and you have to pick it up or else you're going to miss it. Mm-hmm. And it feels stressful, like there's, they're only going to call once, and if I miss it, then my whole life is going to be wasted and I'll never do that one thing that I was supposed to do. Or if you don't choose the right thing, then you're screwed or you're never going to be happy in life. Or it feels very paralyzing because either you, one, feel like you're choosing the wrong calling or you're not happy with where you are. Or it's like you don't even know where to start. You don't know what you're good at, what... God is maybe calling you to do, and it's like, how do you even go about that? Mm-hmm. And at least in that Garden City book that we've talked about a few times, John Mark Comer gives two overarching callings, which I think these are at least nice as a general, like, these are things that I am called to no matter who you are. And this is to rule over the earth, and we talked about this at our first podcast because this is from the first chapter of Genesis when God creates us and says, 
you know, here's this garden. I want you to, you know, rule over the plants and animals and take care of the garden. So, uh, and then the second calling is to make disciples. And this is from specifically talked about in Matthew 28, go and make disciples of all nations. And so what does this mean tangibly? It would be as consultants, Allison and I, you know, I'm called to be really good as a consultant. Like I am here as a consultant to rule over the earth would be like to rule over my consultancy, like the best that I can and just be really good at what I do, but then also make disciples wherever I go. So at work, you know, not being afraid to speak about my faith, treating others was just radical kindness. So while you're trying to find, I guess what we're going to be talking about this episode is just, you know, trying to lean in and find little things that might lead you to a calling down the line, but just not to be stressed or unhappy that you're not living in that calling right now because with these two overarching callings you can still you know live your calling through whatever you're doing and then down the line in your life like you'll fall into something else that maybe suits you more where you can like fully live out your calling but it doesn't mean that you can't live out your calling and what you're doing now yeah Another thing we want to just distinguish between is finding your calling versus unearthing your calling. I think finding, that gives the connotation that, like, it's something that maybe if you're not in your calling right now, then whatever you're doing doesn't have meaning, which is not true. And, like, you won't have meaning until you find whatever that is that you're called to do. Whereas... We like to think of it more in terms of unearthing your calling, which that can kind of mean that maybe throughout your life, you're finding bits and pieces. You're scratching the surface here. You're maybe finding certain things that you're really good at or things that bring you a lot of purpose. And then you just kind of keep digging and digging. And then eventually you reach a point where you uncover what that is rather than having it be this one moment where all of a sudden you're like aha like I know what it is or Mm -hmm. I found it it's more a gradual process of unearthing over time can I tell my analogy yeah (laughs) has this analogy that I think it's good to share which I think when you first said it I was like what but the more you talked about it I I got behind it (laughs) it's like you know being a fossil hunter what are those people called archaeologists yeah Mm -hmm. being an archaeologist so you know you get a hunch that there's a dinosaur in you know fossil in this field so you're just like in this field and you start digging in multiple different places because you're not sure exactly where it is so finally you find the place where the bones are and you're like digging and you finally find the bones and you're like this is it I think this is like a Tyrannosaurus Rex, a T-Rex, and you're like so excited. Is that the one dinosaur you know? (laughs) Literally, yeah. (laughs) And I'm about to whip out another one. And then (laughs) and then you're digging and you know it takes a long time to even get all the bones out too. And so once you actually unearth all the bones, you realize it's a velociraptor or something. But you've like found little things along the way. So you're like 
I see the bones of what I'm doing, but like maybe it will take some unearthing to see like the full picture. Yeah, or maybe there's one bone you uncover that's very generic looking and doesn't really give a lot of meaning, but you're like, okay, it's, it's getting me a little bit closer or whatever, but then you wouldn't cover something that's very unique to that specific dinosaur yeah. or whatever. And then you're like, oh, okay, this this gives me a little more direction. Or this is rare. This narrows yeah. it down a little bit more. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. I'm just thinking of like this very specific psych episode. And I don't know if anyone else out there watches psych, but you guys would know the dinosaur episode and it's one of my favorites. So Is that what made you come up with this analogy? Or? Yeah, or I'm just thinking of like Sean and Gus in the show, like digging. They dig like five hundred holes. They're like trying to find like this dinosaur. So I haven't seen that show. It is my favorite show. All right, so now with that analogy in mind, uh, we want to flip briefly to scripture and kind of talk about specifically a couple verses and things that kind of speak to just our gifts and our calling and how to approach ambition because God wants us to be ambitious. Like being ambitious is not a bad thing and that's something that I think is important for all of us to hear. Um, But specifically, there's a verse in Matthew um, chapter 6 that says, But first seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be given you besides. Do not worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will take care of itself. And specifically that last part about not worrying about tomorrow, that's definitely up there with one of my favorite Bible verses because... I'm just naturally a person that worries a lot. And for God to literally say, do not worry about tomorrow in such plain language is very comforting to me. But the first part, I never really understood much until actually a retreat this weekend where the parallel was drawn to ambition and how, you know, it says first seek the kingdom of God. And you know, translating this to ambition and stuff, it's like, it's not bad to be ambitious, but if we make ambition like our only priority in life, like if we make our job like literally the only thing that we care about and that we pursue, then we're missing out and like we're not going to feel fulfilled because kind of like we were talking about with identity, if we lose our job and if we maybe figure out that it's not what we want to do, then we are lost and like we have nothing else left. Whereas if we first seek God and kind of listen to where he's calling us and where he is maybe pointing us in different directions, then we'll naturally fall into those areas that we can really thrive and really apply that ambition. So I just thought that was a unique way to look at it. Like I never really found meaning in that verse before, but this weekend that kind of shifted my perspective a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I feel like it just gives order to our priorities, right? So it just like shows us where our priorities should lie. And it rem- really reminds me of my principal in high school at our graduation. He said this, which I'm about to say, and I've just remembered it ever since. And it really, honestly, I think it's the secret sauce to life. And He would say, joy, J-O-Y, Jesus, others, yourself, put your life in in this priority and you will always find joy. 
Wow, I like that. So like putting Jesus first, putting others before yourself, and then like focusing on yourself. And if your life is ordered in that way, then you will always find joy. And obviously that's really hard, but the moments that I have, it like is definitely I found to be true. Wow, I love that. Just like a good guiding principle. Yeah, it's a good thing to come back to. Yeah, it's very simple and just makes, when your life can be like in chaos, just makes it make sense. You know, you're like, I want joy. I'm not going to find it unless I kind of like shift some priorities. Mm-hmm. And then the other verse is from 1 Corinthians chapter 11 and 12. And this one says, there are different kinds of spiritual gifts, but the same spirit. There are different forms of service, but the same Lord. There are different workings, but the same God who produces all of them and everyone. To each individual, the manifestation of the spirit is given for some benefit. And this one really speaks to just how each one of us are so unique and we each have different gifts. One person's gift is given to them for a specific purpose, but that doesn't mean like we all, like if we're not doing what they're doing, like our gift is any less important or not as good or we all have our own purpose in this world and each one of those are equally important and um, behind all of that is, is God. So with all that said, we just want to kind of emphasize the point that there's not a singular path to your calling. So like if we mess up and maybe we go down a wrong path or maybe we aren't necessarily making the right decisions or just making the best decisions for ourselves, like God still has our calling. Like, he's already determined that for us. Like, it's still there. But we also kind of heard this analogy. I forget who said this, but it was like the analogy of Apple Maps or Google Maps or wherever. It's like when you put in a destination, it gives you a route, right? But if you go off that route and you go a different way, it's going to reroute you. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's a similar thing with God where he has our purpose. He has our calling. That's what we're working towards we may go a really roundabout way and all different kinds of circles. The scenic route. <laughs> the scenic route, yes. But he will always reroute us and we'll eventually get there. So I think that's something helpful to kind of think about too in the context of our calling. Did you guys ever play this game like growing up where I don't know why we did this, but we would literally blindfold someone, okay? Pile in school. This was like at sleepovers. Oh. We'd be like in grade school or middle school and we would pile into our friend's van and we would get, drop off our friend in some random undisclosed location in the neighborhood, get back in the van, go to the house, and then we'd be like, okay, blindfolded person, find your way home. <laughs> what <laughs> yeah this is not a normal thing this is not a normal thing I but we would like <laughs> but we would kind of like go around the neighborhood and like try to like give them hints or something what's preventing them from literally walking in the middle of the street and getting hit by a car no they're no they're not blindfolded to get home they're just blindfolded so they can't see how they got there oh okay okay <laughs> 
that would be danger. <laughs> that makes more sense. So they just can't see how they got there. And okay. then they get to take the blindfold off and then find their way home. And they're, like, in some suburban neighborhood where every house looks the same, you know. This is... <laughs> This does not sound fun. <laughs> but I was just thinking, like, oh, it's kind of like that. Like, you're just walking around, and some people might give you hints, and then you eventually make it. <laughs> oh, my gosh. And then I also wanted to give out one shout-out to this song that I heard this weekend, and it's called Waymaker. And there's a ton of versions on Spotify. I've listened to a couple, but I really like the one – by Bethel Music and Dante Bow. And just by the title, like you can kind of get the gist of what it's about, but waymaker, meaning like God is our waymaker. Like he makes straight our paths and he kind of guides us to where we're called. And it's, I don't know, the, the lyrics are really repetitive, but they, I don't know, they speak a lot of meaning. And the more you listen to it, the more the meaning the more meaning I was able to get out of it. And yeah, it was the first time I'd ever heard it, but apparently it's like a really popular song. (laughs) And Claire was like, how have you not heard this? But I never heard it. So (laughs) maybe there's people out there who haven't heard it. It's a crowd favorite though. You know, it's, it's a good one. Which I mean, obviously it's a Christian song. So I recently, I haven't been listening to a lot of Christian music, but last Lent, I actually gave up listening to just like normal music and I only listened to Christian music which was honestly a really interesting experience but I'm surprised that never came up in that time but yeah (laughs) so it's a good song highly recommend it's very good it fits in with this topic very very well we should make a playlist oh that's a great idea yeah I like that I like that. Yeah, to-do we'll, list. We'll make a playlist. But is anyone going to listen to anything besides Christmas music right now, though? I have not started listening to Christmas music yet. <laughs> I mean, all my Christmas decorations are up. I feel like it's yeah. Only didn't you right. put your decorations up on Halloween? Yes. Molly and I went to Target, did all of our shopping for Christmas decorations on Halloween. It was so fun. See, I. I just can't get in that mood when it's November here and it's literally 70 degrees. <laughs> I'm just not in the, the Christmas mood yet. But, like, it's it's more fun because it's like, oh, it's nice weather and I can celebrate Christmas. This is just, like, such a win. Mm, I don't know. Cold and, and Christmas are just yeah. too intertwined in my mind. That's fair. Now we're going to be kind of talking more about, like, how to unearth your calling I think the main questions we want to kind of answer are just like, who are we and how did God make us? And I was reading this article and I don't remember, I'll try to find it, but it talked about when trying to find a calling to create a rhythm of listening to God. So, and basically what that's saying is like, listen to the Lord and then learn how to respond to that. So by focusing on prayer and listening to the Lord, you can evaluate, you know, when you stay in your current job, when you leave. When when you've learned what you need to learn, maybe that's the time that you move on. Because I do feel like that's, a lot of people are kind of in that state of like, I know this isn't my end game. Like this job that I'm in is not something I want to be doing 
you know, 10 years from now. And they're like, I already know that right now. So why stay? But just create that rhythm of listening to, to God and say like, you know, have I learned everything that I need to learn in this situation? Is it time for me to leave? Because it might not be. Like God might want you to stay where you are knowing that it's not your long-term path, but you might still learn something that you need to learn to help get you there. And just learning how to respond to the Lord. So I think a lot of us can easily fall into this script of like, I'm going to be this age, and I'm going to do this, then I'm going to, it's like the five-year plan, you know, and you're yeah. like, I'm going to do this by this year and this date, and I told myself that I'd only stay at this job for two years, and it's two years, tick-tock, I'm mm-hmm. throwing in my resignation next week, and I, that's just a much more of a, of a script. And living into your calling is just living into what God is asking you to do. So having a goal, but not a, a script on how you're going to get there. So you're like, God, I want to lean into my calling. I know my calling might have something to do with X. You know, could have something to do with X. That's my first, that's my hunch right now. How can I do that? And what this article was talking about was going from like a script to improv. And so a script, you know, you just read it and you say it. Improv is listening to what someone says and then playing off of that and responding to that person. And you have no idea what the person's going to say to you, but you have to quickly respond to what they're saying. And so you don't know what's going to happen next, but they were saying is that that's how you practice living into your calling is by practicing improv with God. So like God says something to you and you're like, okay, I'm listening to what you're saying and I'm going to go respond to that now because I feel like it's easy to just like talk to God and you're not really listening. Mm-hmm. And, or it's easy to hear something that God's saying, but be like, well, I don't really want to do that. And so I'm not going to. And just kind of like ignoring what God is saying in certain ways. So if you're not sure what your calling is, just practice that listening to God and then responding to him. And it could be like the smallest thing. Just say like, God, like show me one thing that you want me to do today. Could be literally anything. And God's like, write a card to your grandma. And you're like, okay, I'm going to actually do that today. I'm not going to, like, put it off. Like, God said, write a card to your grandma. Like, I'm just going to do it. Very small thing, but then, like, over time, you can build up to God saying, like, leave your job and go start a startup. And you're like, that's a huge ask. But you're going to be more trained to say, to respond better when you've practiced with the small things. And, okay, when you say listen to what God is saying, like, what does that mean for you because I feel like listening to God looks different for us all like you were talking about hearing what God says to you like it almost sounded like words which some people hear God in that way like they can literally hear God speaking to yeah. them but like that doesn't happen for everyone so like how what are the different ways that you've experienced listening to God because I think for me it's less like he said these specific words to me and it's more a feeling or maybe it's someone in my life who gives me a suggestion and they're like oh you should do this I'm like huh like I never thought about that but this feels like I don't know between the timing and between everything else like this feels like something God might be pushing me towards 
Yeah. So, I don't know. There's yeah. different ways to listen. One thing I've always heard is that God speaks in clarity. And so I think that that's important because if something is unclear or messy, it's not from God. So I think that that helps. There's just like those things that you're like, I want to do this, but it just like seems so messy. And maybe it's a relationship or like a new job or something, but things are just kind of like twisted a little bit. And you're like, it's still, I I could make it work. That is just like, no. I normally pray. I'm like, especially with jobs and things. When I was going through my job process, I was like, God, you need to make it 100% clear what I need to do because I am stupid and like not actually but I'm like I cannot make this decision for myself because I don't really know like I'm like make it clear like give me the door and I will walk through it so like give me that opportunity and I will take it but you need to make it clear which opportunity you want for me and don't underestimate your gut feeling because I've always kind of associated my gut feeling with what God is calling me to do because like you were saying, God speaks in clarity. And so if you just feel at peace about a situation, that's a pretty good sign that that's where God is calling you. If, if it brings you peace and there's almost just this sense of like, this is what I need to do, even if maybe it's hard or you're going to have to make some difficult decisions to get there. But knowing deep down, like, this is what my gut's saying, this is what makes me feel at peace, that's another way that I've been kind of able to tell what my next move is or the next step is towards that calling. Yeah, and I think calling it your gut, I think you should call it God. I think it is. Yeah. I think I just didn't make that connection until, honestly, like the last year or so. I was like, oh, like, this is what my gut feeling is telling me. But then I was like, oh, that's God, (laughs) you know? Yeah. And I feel like I also kind of like things come up in your mind, at least for me, at certain times for certain reasons. So like, you know, why did you just notice that one thing today? Like you've interacted with, with this person so many times in this They've never said anything that stuck out to you. And then this one thing kind of, like, stuck out to you Mm -hmm. or things like that. I just feel like that kind of thing really sticks with me. Or, like, someone complimented me in a certain way, and I was like, wow. Like, they said I was really good at this. And I was like, yeah, like, I am good at that. Am I fully utilizing that in where I am? You know what I mean? Or, Mm -hmm. like, like, certain things will stick out to me, and then I'm like, okay, this is – prompting me to think through this and to pray about this and say like you know what is God asking me to do with this piece of information I also see God speak to me a lot just through prayer and more through like closing my eyes and uh asking for like you know show me what I should do today and like it's almost like a vision like comes into my mind like a just like an image and but that that happens to me a lot but I would say that doesn't always happen to me like I'm trying to think of more of a work context and I don't necessarily I haven't prayed a ton about work in that way I would say that 
it's the other things I've mentioned. But that's also a way that you could see God is through like visions. And I love how you mentioned, you know, like random things people will say to you that stick out or just other things that I think our society labels as coincidences. And we've talked about this before on the podcast, but the more I grow in my faith and the more I just, you know, become more in tune with that, like I realize that those aren't coincidences. Like those are things that God is trying to say to me or speak speak to me through whether it's other people or situations or whatever. And I also like that you mentioned how a lot of these things that we're asking God for, like trying to get meaning for, at least for me too, have always been kind of big life things or like big directional things, you know, picking a college or trying to find a job or whatever. But I haven't really applied that to my day-to-day work. And I think that that's something that I need to do more. Yeah, or even just like, it's so, what like I was talking about, the rhythm of listening and the rhythm of responding. That person comes to mind today. Random person. Literally haven't talked to them in a year, you know. But they're your friend or just like someone that you know. Just text them. Why did that person come to mind? You haven't thought about that person in months text them that's just like a really easy way of like I'm listening like this thought came into my head and I literally haven't thought about them in so long text them and that has happened to me where I have texted someone and they were like I was just thinking about you or they were like I actually this happened to me and like I just thought about you or like I needed you to pray for me or like something like that and I don't know just little things like that create that rhythm of like I feel like I need to do this today do it respond and like when those things start compounding you'll be like wow I have been listening to the small ways that God's been calling me throughout my day and when I have that big decision to make you just feel more comfortable hearing God's voice yeah it's like you've gathered your evidence along the way you've gathered the different pieces of meaning and maybe by themselves they don't make sense but then like we were saying before when you look back at all of them together then it makes sense and this is where I also think that journaling is such a cool thing to do because even if you journal like maybe not every day but like once a week or maybe once a month or whatever but if you're journaling about these little tiny things and then throughout time you go back and read it and you see how they all connect because it's hard to look back on your life and just think about those things you know what I mean but when you can actually go back and read it and actually start to make those connections it's a lot easier when it's captured on paper versus I'm just trying to do this all in my head I'll read like my 15 year old journal and like oh my gosh Claire said some profound things things. (laughs) yeah I'm like, I needed to hear that today, Loki. And yeah. I knew that at 15. Like, I'm I so totally confused. I totally agree with that. I, even just reading back my journal from this past year, I'll go back and read something. And I know for a fact when I wrote it, I was like, this is dumb. Like, this doesn't make any sense. But reading it back a year later, I'm like, wow, this is, this is profound. <laughs> <laughs> so true. Yeah. 
All right, so now we're going to kind of talk, we've talked a little bit about how some slight tactics to unearth a calling. Now we're going to kind of just talk about, like, what Allison and I have unearthed so far. And specific questions that, like, you can also ask yourself. Mm-hmm. All right, so the first one, what are your strengths? Well, I know. Claire's like, where do I start? <laughs> I have so many strengths. Well, what I was going to say was that Allison has talked about the strengths finder thing, and I took it before in college. I think I said that. And I just took it the other day. So we've got some new strengths hot off the press. <laughs> and I only think that one of them is the same. That's as interesting because they're first. supposed to not change. But I have, if you knew me freshman year of college, like I have changed a lot I would say so I'm not shocked but my top five strengths are competition responsibility relator connectedness and arranger and I am extremely embarrassed that competition is my first one (laughs) (laughs) that's so embarrassing for me I I just like I don't know I don't necessarily agree with that but See, I think that you're competitive, but I wouldn't say that you're, like, the most competitive person I know. I think it's more of, like, when I have assessed that this competition is a competition worth fighting for, I will be fighting for it, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Nine, you pick and choose your, yes, your battles. Yeah. Like, 9 out of 10 competitions, like, okay, you know, rec basketball, don't care. Like, mm-hmm. whatever. But maybe this really important thing at, you know, we're trying to win over a client at work or something. And I'm like, we are just such in the best position to win. And I'm going to like mm-hmm. stay up late and like do things. Cause I'm just really excited and jazzed about it. Yeah. Cause there are those people that can make a competition out of everything, which that's not you. Like yeah. I don't see that for you, but yeah, you're more the type of person that you pick and choose. And like when you find a competition worth fighting for you, are very competitive. Yeah. Well, and I think that that, like, I know it says it's a strength of mine, but I'm like, I've got to say that's got to be a weakness, too, in the way of, like, I don't pick everything as competition, but then sometimes I do, and it doesn't need to be, or I'll compete with, like, a previous version of myself, or, like, I think everyone, it's, like, comparison, almost, Mm -hmm. and I feel like they've turned a weakness of mine into a by like by labeling it competition they've labeled it a strength but I think that they're actually pulling on weaknesses of mine but I think it's interesting I've talked to my mom about this before too honestly our greatest strengths are also our biggest downfalls because yeah if we take them out of context or we apply them to things that aren't you know what we should be doing then they do become a weakness honestly a lot of these are weaknesses to be honest not actually but responsibility it was talking about how you feel responsible. And I think for, you know, if I sign up for something, like I have to follow through mm-hmm. and whatever. Which and that's one of my strengths too, by the way. Yeah. And I think that that's good because in some ways, great. I don't leave people hanging. Like I'm very reliable. But if someone asks me to do something and I like them because one of my things is like relator and like connectedness and I'm like, oh my gosh, my friend asked me to do this. I have to do it. And then it says that you can become overcommitted, mm-hmm. which is like super something that 
happens to me. So it turns into a weakness in that area. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Honestly, these can all be weaknesses too, which might be the point. But <laughs> <laughs> but a ranger. I was talking to Allison. I had never even like, not like heard of this. Not like a park ranger, but a ranger. <laughs> <laughs> But A R R A N G E R. A ranger. Because I was just listening to you say that. I'm like, it sounds like you're saying like a ranger. A ranger. That's your calling, Claire. A park ranger. A ranger. I mean, hey, your day of rest is camping, so. Hmm. Interesting. But a ranger is they. It just basically says that they. Or what it said, flexible, efficient, efficiency. efficient flexibility. That is the definition of me. I am very efficient, but also extremely flexible. Like if someone said, oh, we were supposed to do this on Thursday. Can you do Saturday? I'm like, sure, I'll move Saturday to Tuesday. I'll move Tuesday to Wednesday, Wednesday to Friday, Friday to Monday. Oh, okay, we're good. Yep, I'll be there on Saturday. <laughs> and I can just kind of like move things around and I'm very flexible with my schedule, I don't know. I can make things happen, I guess. I'll just move things around and fit, like, 50 things in one small set of time. I didn't realize that other people didn't do that. I was telling Allison. Because some people are, like, very strict. They're like, I have that thing on Saturday. And I'm like, but you could move it to Sunday. That's what I, I think it's. You un- do that with me all the time. <laughs> I'm like, I don't understand why you can't move that, though. I And I'm the exact opposite because. When I have a schedule, I want to stick to it. Oh, my gosh. That makes me so mad. But <laughs> <laughs> And you're just like, well, can't you just do that on that day? I'm like, no. I set aside to do that on this day. And I'm like, but, like, why? And then I'm like, but why does it need to be done on that day? Yeah, it's a weakness. It honestly causes stress. Between- <laughs> <laughs> it does. It's a point of contention for both of us. Well, what are your strengths? Yeah, so I've talked about my strengths before. I think it was in my episode about my journey, but my top five are achiever, focus, futuristic, input, and responsibility. So again, I think these are spot on for me. Like I I think big picture, I like to look to the future, I get my eye on something, and then I focus on that thing specifically, and then I do whatever I can to achieve that. And like you also said, responsibility. Like when I commit to things, I want to see them through. But again, in the past, that's led me to overcommit to stuff. So it's also kind of a weakness of mine. But input, I think that one's kind of interesting because I don't know. Like I definitely ask for people's opinions on things, but I also feel like I'm very in tune with no, I, I was asking someone else about input because I was in this class that we were taking it, and it, they said it was, like, information. You, like, you oh, like to read. Yeah, yeah. and True, yeah. Okay, yeah, now I remember. So it's not just people, but it's yeah, also it's more doing your research. Knowledge. Knowledge, yeah. gathering all that you can about something before diving into it, which honestly, yeah, is very much me. But I would say, like, outside of that realm, I would just say I think some of my other strengths – are just being really loyal to the people in my life and then also listening. I think in most of the relationships I have, I'm more of the listener versus the talker. I think that also kind of feeds into my strength of input because 
I'm constantly, I'm like a sponge. I'm constantly <laughs> like bringing in all these different sources and then using that to inform my decisions and what I choose to pursue. All right. So what are our weaknesses? And honestly, weaknesses in the book, it said, every time you fail, throw a party. And I could not agree more. That is so exciting. I think people get so discouraged when they do something and then they're like, that was such a failure. Or like, I tried this job and it wasn't for me. Oh my gosh, congratulations. (laughs) That is just so exciting because you have more clarity on what you want to do long term. That is so exciting for you. I don't know. We just listed a couple of things and I feel like we also talked about our weaknesses so we can just be pretty brief with these, but... One of my weaknesses is science and physics. I'm in healthcare, so that's interesting. But I just like, <laughs> can I have just no interest in science in a certain extent? Like deep science, surface level science, you know, interesting, but like getting into the nitty gritty of like, you know, what makes up the world and like how it works and all of those really big details about you know, the earth and I just don't care. Um, and I'm also not good at it hearing and memory I like I'm just very visual so like if someone speaks something to me I just like it's in one ear out the other (laughs) can't remember it like I even like someone will tell me a story and I'm just like trying to retell the story to someone and I'm just, that's why I'm such a bad storyteller, because <laughs> I can't even remember what they said, and they, like, just told me. Mm-hmm. It's just really bad. And putting thoughts into words. You know, maybe there's something wrong with my brain now that we're talking <laughs> about this. Because <laughs> I'm like, I have all these, <laughs> I have these really elaborate, like, beautiful thoughts but I cannot speak or write them down, like, at all. <laughs> when I write something down, I'm like, that is just not I butchered that. what I was envisioning <laughs> at all. <laughs> like, in my head, it was just so different. Yeah. And I, yeah. <laughs> I, I kind of relate to that one sometimes, too. Like, it's all in my head. I'm like, okay, I can, I can picture this perfectly. I can envision how it looks or what I want to say and then actually translating that to words Mm -hmm. or paper is difficult. So I relate to you on that one. Yeah. That's why my one friend, she's going to grad school for editing. So that's why I have her. She edits all my, anything I put on paper. (laughs) She, she, she looks at it for me. Thank you, Sarah. (laughs) And I'd also say that I'm, can be pretty stubborn perfectionist keeping in touch with people that's not because I don't want to I think that is because I get really caught up in what I'm doing and where I am like I'm almost too caught up in the present and occasionally I don't step back and take a bigger picture and say like rest like where are you in your life are you taking care of the people that you want to be in your life yeah I'm that's also one of my weaknesses yeah what are some of yours well, can I add one more to yours? What? <laughs> I just pile it on. Um, being late. <laughs> being late. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> Anytime I tell Claire we're meeting or she tells me what time we're meeting, 
tack on at least 10 minutes to that and bingo she'll be there yeah I just see here's the thing if it's that's called efficient flexibility because no if it's not like there's no deadline like when we record these it's not like we have a start and end time it's a respect thing that's (laughs) what it is for me (laughs) but I will never be late to work I was never late to school I don't know there's certain things I won't be late for yeah it is a problem though anyway um so my weaknesses well I think I have some in common with you not the being late one though because I'm the most punctual person I know <laughs> um <laughs> you didn't add that to your strengths so we'll have to yeah, go back yeah edit we can edit that back in no. <laughs> um I would say texting is not one of my strengths I <laughs> I just love talking with people like whether that's in person or through a phone call and like I can text when it comes to like making plans like I'm really good at that but when it comes to just constant talking over text, like, just, I do not enjoy that. I hate texting, but I do love pinging at work, and I will ping you, and you're green, and you, like, don't respond for three hours. And I'm like, <laughs> what the heck? Yeah, because I'm heads down, like, working on something. I'm like, no, if someone sends me a ping, it doesn't matter what I'm doing, I'm responding to that ping. I'm like, this is so much more interesting than what I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you do ping a lot at work. Um. <laughs> so you should answer my pings promptly. That Sometimes is... I do. Sometimes I do. If I'm, like, not doing something where I need I'm to focus. Late. I'm late physically, but you're late digitally. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I just got that. <laughs> I'm late digitally. Okay, that's that's an interesting way to put that. I'd also say I'm not super good at instigating plans. Like, I am really good at following through with plans and sticking to plans, but when it comes to actually coming up with the idea or maybe, like, texting the people that need to know or just, like, bringing it all together, not a strength of mine at all. And also, for a little bit more of, like, a work-specific one, technical details, like, just really frustrate me. Like... (laughs) I can do it it's not something that like I'm not able to do but getting in the technical weeds of something and what I'm working on there's a bug or it's not working for one stupid reason (laughs) and me spending hours and hours finding or like trying to figure out what that is like I'm good at at problem solving and getting to the bottom of it but it just drives me nuts and like it just oh I hate it (laughs) I can really tell your frustration here. <laughs> this is, like, really funny to me. I don't mean to <laughs> laugh at you. Yeah. But it's exhausting. And, like, at work sometimes I'm just like, this is why am I doing this right now? But anyway, that and also delegating. Like, there's a couple new people on my team now, and I'm not the person who knows the least anymore, you know? Like, that was definitely me this time last year, but... I've definitely gained some experience and some skills and there are people that are new to the project and it's been really weird having to shift my focus from being the one who doesn't know everything to being the one who has to share that knowledge with others and start to delegate work. So Mm -hmm. that's something that I would say is like something I'm learning now or maybe struggling with a little bit. 
And that comes with, like, learning more leadership and management. Yeah. Down the line. Yeah. Okay, so now I think another good question that you can ask, so we've talked about strengths, weaknesses, assessing those. Now, what are other people around you saying about you? And I had to do this for school, and we had to make a PowerPoint, and I, I don't know if I said this before, but I had to ask, like, all my friends to make a PowerPoint slide about me. It could be, like, words, phrases, pictures, like, just kind of like a, almost like a mood board for me of, like, what they saw in me. And I feel like if you're really looking for ideas and you don't really know where to start, I think that's a good place to start. Just be like, hey, friend, could you just, like, take five minutes and just write down some, you know, first thoughts about me in these areas? I'm trying to, you know, find a new career path or figure out, like, what my next steps are. Yeah. And friends love being asked their opinion, I feel like. So. (laughs) Yeah, and we're all so hard on ourselves, and sometimes Mm -hmm. it's hard for us to identify what we're good at. But the minute you ask someone else – they're like, oh my gosh, you're so good at this. Or yeah. like, it's a lot easier for someone else to say nice things about you sometimes than yeah. to think about those things for yourself. Or like for that, sometimes that person is like, I've always just seen you as X. You know, I've always just seen you as a really good baker. I just thought you would open your own bakery one day. And that person was like, oh, I just like thought it was a hobby. I never saw it as something I was actually good at and you know Mm -hmm. what I mean you just validate something that maybe that person hadn't fully thought about themselves for a while or seen so for Allison I wrote that you're very dedicated you like heads down work and you like areas where you can you really dive deep into things and you like like to become a subject matter expert I would say Um, Or at least you allow yourself to get that deep and do a lot of research. So I think all in all, I really kind of seen you as also creative. So I feel like you should have client work and you're doing a similar thing for all of your clients, except each client is asking for like a different variation of that skill that you have. So it allows you to have that creativity and also have your clients be desiring a creative solution. So just like similar to what you're doing now, I would say, but I feel like maybe just in a more creative lens Mm -hmm. and allow that creativity to blossom more than it is. Yeah, because I would say like what I'm doing right now somewhat fits that, but where it doesn't align with that is the solutions we're offering are very much cookie cutter and mm-hmm. there's not a lot of room for variation yeah. between clients like it's more oh you want that perfect we know how to do that let's like bring that in and it's like not really yeah there's not room for oh well how can we maybe do this a little bit differently or you know yeah there's less room for creativity which which yeah. I think is what you would want down the line yeah and would no, fit you. I agree um and then for Claire I would say that you are really, really good at connecting with people. If I bring Claire to a party and she doesn't know anyone there, I would feel comfortable just, like, dropping you off (laughs) and you would make friends. Like, you would know know how to – like, I wouldn't have to babysit you, you know, or, like, feel like I have to – 
be with you the entire night. Like, you would just go off, do your own thing, meet people, and probably make, like, five friends by the end of the night. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's um, fair. And also, I would say you're very good at going after what you want. So once you identify what that is, you are persistent, and you don't stop going after that. And you also don't let things get to you, which I think is definitely the opposite of me. <laughs> but, like, when things don't go your way – you're like, okay, well, how can I approach this a different way to get what I want? Or how can I, like, I don't know. Like, you're like, you, I want what I want. Yeah, exactly. So if one, one approach didn't work, you're like, all right, how can I approach this differently? But I think the bottom line is whatever you do, you need to have people as a part of what you do. And so the first thing that came to mind for me is, like, a chief people officer, So someone who is in charge of building culture and interacting with people and finding ways to connect people. I think that is what I would see for you. Yeah. And Allison told me this before (laughs) and I was like, I see where you got to that. I would have to highly disagree only because I just have such low tolerance for like people's crap and that's like dealing with people but, but that's why you're the chief people officer like you're you're more on the high high strategy level strategy like how can i build systems and processes for people to that's have fair. culture versus the day-to-day dealing with like specific issues or whatever okay i would agree that's more aligned but i have to be like 40 so <laughs> got a little bit of ways to go before i can be like in the c-suite yeah but I love it. Perfect. <laughs> All right. So we talked about strengths, weaknesses, what we see, like what our friends might see in us. So now what has God revealed to you or what are things that you think God has revealed to you? Yes. Yeah, so there are a couple of things that are pretty explicit. And one thing is that I had an experience with God and he told me to proclaim the word of God. And when I thought about that, I was like, Ugh, that's like standing on a street corner with like an obnoxious sign and megaphone (laughs) not the megaphone um and I was like like I do not want to do that but then I had I was at mass and a priest was saying something and it just really clicked with me and I just immediately associated it to because Proclaiming the word of God kept coming up in my life. And so I was like, okay, I think that God wants this for me, but I don't know what that means. And then this priest was like, we are the word of God. You know, we are us as people. And then he said that, like, you might be the only Bible that everyone ever, that anyone ever reads. So I was like, oh, wow, that means that, like, proclaiming the word of God just means proclaiming me and not in, like, a boastful way but that just means that I need to be the best version of myself so I can give of myself to others. That has been spoken to me. Also just speaking in general. I've had like a few awards or just like moments when people are, where I've been awarded for my speaking or when someone just gives me a very specific compliment for my voice or speaking. So I feel like that happens a lot. And so I've kind of, I don't know, I feel like that really fits into the podcast, honestly. And then another thing that God told me was that I have the greatest faith. And 
I really was like, mm, I don't believe that. <laughs> because that's just, that's practically unbelievable. I'm like, I really don't believe that. But I will say that's something that I can see that very visibly ties into me having strong faith is just my persistence in prayer. And I've talked about that so many times on this podcast, but just like if I have something to pray for, I will literally be praying for it every single day. And I also do believe that God will hear my prayer and answer my prayer and that the miracle will happen. So I'm just very persistent in prayer in that way. And I think those are two areas where God's revealed things to me. And so hopefully I can find something that kind of meshes. I think the podcast is going on the right track. So yeah. What cool. about you? Um, yeah. So I think throughout my life and my different experiences, God has revealed to me a desire and just a passion for motivating and inspiring people. And there's been several times throughout my life where people have said those exact things to me. Like they have literally said, wow, like you just inspire me. Like you inspired me to do this or you made me think about this or you gave me the courage to try this or whatever. And I've had that happen multiple points throughout my life. And so I think looking back, I can see how that's kind of maybe starting to come into play. And even like since we've started this podcast too, I feel like more so even now I've heard that from people. And that's something that just brings me so much passion and energy. But I would also say motivating and inspiring people more so through my actions and my experiences rather than the words themselves. Um, Because like we talked about before, translating like (laughs) sometimes like what you're thinking and your vision and stuff like that into words can be really hard. But I've had a lot of experiences and just things that have happened to me throughout my life. And I love being able to tie all those things together and be able to bring meaning through them. So Um, being able to see how God is working through experiences. And just in general, I would say that God has made me a very reflective person. And so that also, I think, plays into that of being able to not only look back on my own life, but also look back on other people's lives and be like, this happened to you, like, that's, that means something, you know, this is leading you somewhere or whatever. So that's also kind of plays into this podcast too I think we're on the right path hopefully (laughs) that's what I think just a hunch okay and then lastly we just want to talk about what do we love and by love I don't mean like family friends whatever I mean like just like those things that you do or interact with that just like make you feel fully alive like they just make you feel more yourself And for me, those are music or singing. Singing is extremely new for me. I was, like, told all my life that I was a bad singer and, like, everyone would tell me to shut up. But then (laughs) recently I've been told that I'm a good singer, so I'm feeling conflicted about that. But just certain music and, like, certain songs just really, I feel like, bring out the best in me. Dance, for sure. Again, I have literally never been trained in dancing. It is just something that I am just very much attracted to. And I have been my whole life, but I have just never 
taken the class or like done the thing I have never been trained in dancing but like I have very good rhythm and I just like really enjoy it by myself and I took like a ballroom dance class in college and I just loved it and I would love to do ballroom dance but I'm not doing that with a stranger so (laughs) I have to find someone to do it with me but that also just really like makes me feel fully alive thrifting as well oh my gosh I've probably thrifted about half my closet at this point and there's just nothing like a good find. There's yeah. no, nothing and like it. You're one of those people that is really good at it because you can walk in somewhere and it's like you can laser focus in on, ooh, this is a good find, this is a good find. And you always walk away with I don't feel over – people feel overwhelmed by the racks. No, that's opportunity. <laughs> you know when it's like shoved on there and there's yeah. like things hanging off and people are like, ugh, it's just too dirty. Too and it's stressful. Like, yeah. yeah, bring some hand sanitizer. You know, you, might, you never know what you might touch. However, <laughs> there are some really good stuff in there and it's just like such – I'm such a deal girl too, like a couponer. That's, <laughs> that's extreme couponing. Such yeah. a good show growing up. Anyway, um – Golf, I would say golf is another thing that, like, it's one of the I, – I think I like golf because it's, it's in nature, so I really like being outside. And it's a time when, like, I really never check my phone. And it's also something that, like, I can improve on. So it just – I have, like, own personal goals and stuff for, for my golf. And it's just also something that you can do together, like, with other people. So a lot of different types of golf that – because I think, like, playing – by myself is so much different than playing like with friends like when I'm playing with friends I'm like I don't really care how I do versus like when I play by myself it's like more of like a personal growth activity kind of but really like that and then also just nothing hits better than like a really good team you know like it could be anything a school project or work or a sports team just like a team where you just like everyone just gets along and everyone is has their you know thing and they bring it to the table and everyone's ideas mesh everyone's strengths and weaknesses and you just perform like super well and then you also just get along as a team and you have so hang much out. fun yeah you have yeah. so much fun like there's been several for so, like one team in class like we were researching mushroom suits that like decomposed bodies Best what? team ever. Oh, my gosh. It was so fun. <laughs> so random. <laughs> it was such a fun team, though. We just had, like, such a good time. I, like, want to ask more about that, but I know it's going to go to Yeah, don't, we don't bit. need to know about that. <laughs> but it was just, like, a great team. Or, like, my college broomball team. So fun. Like, there's just been so many good teams out there. And I was telling Allison, I played, like, individual sports growing up for the most – like, I played team sports when I was younger, but, like, the sports that I really took on were only individual sports. And I just, like, missed the team aspect. I I don't think I realized that I loved the team aspect back then, but I love it now. So, all right, what are yours? Well, yeah, that's kind of a good segue for one of mine, which one of mine I put down was a really motivational workout class – but something like a like a spin class or whatever, where you're like kind of on your own, but you're with other people. 
Because, yeah. like, growing up for me, I only did team sports, which, you know, there are great parts about team sports and stuff, but I always felt like it was much more of a me-against-myself thing whenever I did stuff. Like, I wanted to improve. I wanted to get better. So I think things like that where you can be with other people and surrounded by people and that energy of everyone else motivates you, but you're focused on bettering yourself Mm -hmm. and improving yourself. So that kind of stuff brings me energy. I love coffee, as you guys probably know by now. (laughs) Um, But not just drinking it, but like the activity of it. You know, just getting coffee with someone and being able to just chat or getting coffee and going on a walk or just going to a coffee shop to work and just be surrounded by other people who are you know creative and like doing their own thing and just like wondering what everyone's working on I think is mm-hmm. so interesting <laughs> Pe- I'm very people's curious shoulders. I'm like hmm what are they doing you know <laughs> um invasion of privacy god I mean I don't actually do it <laughs> but I'm just I'm curious you know and then brainstorming I love brainstorming like get me in a room with a whiteboard and just start like firing off ideas that kind of thing just energizes me so much Mm -hmm. and then also just getting to know someone on a deeper level I really hate small talk (laughs) like it just it's very painful for me like I want to get to the point with someone where I like we can just talk about whatever deep stuff like life our passions, like where we're going, just that's the kind of conversation I like to have. But obviously you can't get there right away with someone, but that's what I strive to to get to mm-hmm. with my different relationships. Yeah, and with these like loves, I feel like you can take any of these things and really put it in a work perspective. So I feel like with dance or golf or music – it's just a lot of movement. So I feel like I need a job where my body moves sometimes, you know? And whether that is traveling or just like a job that involves me not sitting behind my desk all day, every day, I feel like I would really benefit from that. And for you, I feel like you're like coffee and brainstorming. Like I feel like you kind of like that cozy atmosphere. Oh, I'm all about the cozy. Yes. An environment. I'm all about the environment. Like, put me in a good environment, you know, with just nice, comfy couches and I don't know. Just, I'm all about the vibes. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. And I know that I put things about a really good team, so I obviously love working with people, but I think with golf or something too that's something that I love to perfect on my own and that's an activity that has both a team or individual aspect so I also feel like a good job for me is something where it's team oriented but I'm not only and always with people because I do think that like sometimes I can't think clearly when I'm in a room of people I'm like I can absorb what you're saying but like I can't react until I just like think about it for a second by myself Mm -hmm. so and with thrifting I think that can kind of show that, one, I like beautiful things, so I want to create something that's beautiful. Two, I really like the hunt. I, I And so I think researching or uncovering something unique, I love that. And, like, I need an opportunity to 
to do that in my work. So like if I can come up with a solution that other people do not think of, like and I have found and crafted something unique like that, I really find joy and value in that. Like thinking of things in a different perspective and yeah, and that sort of thing. Yeah, and I love how you just took like you found that meaning out of thrifting. Like yeah. thrifting is an activity obviously, but being able to figure out okay but what about thrifting? Yeah. And then how does that translate to maybe other areas or like what I'm doing right now? Yeah, I thought that was good. I love just finding like a diamond in the rough, you know? Yeah. It's like yeah. like seeing good things out of pe- – people literally threw this away. It's their trash, and I like found something beautiful from it and mm-hmm. repurposed it yeah. into something great. So even something from work like that just – maybe finding insights that other people don't find meaningful or just looking at things from a different perspective. Because yeah, I saw trash, made it treasure, like saw something from a different perspective and made it into something great. Yeah, and I think from my perspective, like trying to draw those things as well, I think the reason why I like so, or the reason why I like coffee so much is because it's usually in a setting where you are getting to know someone more and you're getting on that deeper level or maybe you're catching up with someone you haven't seen in a while and it's more of an environment thing you know it's very much about the vibes like coffee shops are such a vibe you know (laughs) but then also kind of the the workout class and and that like time to work I think as well like I love being in a team but I love also working on my own but within Mm -hmm. a team environment so yeah. I think being able to like be surrounded by other people and motivated and inspired by the team, but also being able to have something that I own and that I am responsible for or I'm an expert in, in that context. Well, in a workout class, it's like someone's motivating you, but you're not working together. So it's like you have that leader that is like very inspirational. And that's like a good place for us because we're not necessarily leaders yet. You know, mm-hmm. so there's like a, a really inspirational leader who makes you want to be better, yeah, and like allows you to do your best work. Mm-hmm. And the people next to you are like, "Go, Allison!" You know what I mean? When those, those are the best workout classes. When people are like actually so hype and nice to each other. Mm-hmm. People actually like give you a high five or like say good job. I'm like, oh my gosh, that's so nice. Yeah, I'm not the person to like start that, but I will continue that culture if mm-hmm. someone else does it in a workout class. Yeah, cool. Well, let's recap. So today we talked about a lot. Wow. Um, (laughs) But basically we talked about first how we all kind of have two big callings, which are one to rule over the earth, which comes from Genesis, but then also to make disciples coming from Matthew in the sense of taking who we're made to be and, and spreading that with others. So in that context, um, we also talked about some different ways to actually unearth your calling, whatever that is. So we talked about a couple tactics and then also all those different questions at the end that we answered, but we hope that you also take the time to actually ask yourself those questions and maybe, maybe journal about it, like we were talking about before. Journal about it now and then maybe in a month or two months or whatever look back and see if you can kind of start to put together the pieces and get some more meaning out of it than maybe you would have initially yeah and treat life like improv (laughs) you know like we were saying Mm -hmm. make sure you're always just 
being in tune with what's happening in your life. Next time you're like, oh, this is a coincidence. Maybe stop and think, okay, maybe this isn't a coincidence. Like, what meaning can I actually derive from this? And use that to respond and actually take action on what's happening around you. Should we take an improv class? No. I oh, Come gosh, on. I hate improv. Oh, anyone who knows me knows that I, one, don't like comedy. Two, don't like comedy. Then you must hate me because I'm a comedian. <laughs> I just hate going to comedy shows just because, I don't know. The humor is just not, it just doesn't really resonate with me. You haven't been to the right ones. Well, all right. Jen, Fol- Jen Fulweiler is like a Catholic comedian and she is hysterical. Interesting. You would love I didn't her. know there were Catholic comedians out there. There's Catholic everything. <laughs> but yeah, anything else you want to add, Claire? No, that was lovely. And Perfect. we've gone on for so long. So I know. Sorry, this is a longer <laughs> episode, but. I do feel like it, it had some good stuff in there. Yeah. I really hope that it was helpful for anyone out there who's listening. So Yeah. So reach out, like and give us a rating and thanks for keeping up with us. Yeah, and we will talk to you all next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.